This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute legal, tax, investment, financial, or other advice. It is not intended to cause or induce breach of an existing agency agreement. Hello? 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 This is the Vancouver Weather State Podcast. And welcome back to Vancouver Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Scalina. And I'm your other host, Matt Scalina. And Matt, I should say host, but also realtors at Oakland Realty in Vancouver. And today we've got a fantastic episode. We have Sean Hodgins, president of Century Group. Uh, big get for the show. We've, we're super excited to have Sean. Came down to the studio in Kokomo Studios. It was yeah, great. Yeah, it was great having him here. And uh, as he mentioned, great to kind of be in person. And, and uh, he's right. You know, so many podcasts right now are over Zoom. But I, I feel like you always get a, a better a better show. When better you're in connection, person. better conversation, that's for sure. And yeah. this this is a great conversation. I mean, we talk about everything, right? We we do the regular kind of questions we we often ask guests. Right. But I feel like Sean was very his his interest, and this is kind of an interesting, you know, it just became clear that placemaking, making a place for people to live and thrive in was so kind of paramount that we we talk a lot about how you think about master plan communities, but then this idea, because they're they're currently planning a community and building a community out of agricultural urbanism, which is right. something we have never, not only have we not talked about on the show, I've, I've, it was totally new to me. Well, yeah. And in, in, in really, it's interesting. A lot of the, the, some of the things I was thinking about is, first of all, you know, he talks about his real estate journey and kind of his, how he entered into real estate. And there's so many things that can hook you in real estate, like under the umbrella of right. real estate, like you can be hooked by the investment side of things or by the market data, the, eco- yeah. the economics, building of it, a business or by, by, you know, actually building form or structure, whatever it is, trades, anything, right? There's so many different layers. And his very much so is being kind of brought in to, to yeah, the, the placemaker kind of community building aspect of it. And it's a far reaching conversation. We talk about the market, we talk about where he's excited about, and we talk, of course, about some of the communities that they're building currently active in Nanaimo, Coquitlam. Tuasin, Surrey, and Surrey, right? We do focus a little bit more on the Tuasin project, uh, Southlands, because it is such an interesting concept. Yeah, I, I left really kind of thinking a lot about some of the future of community building and like where it, it could go. Yeah, where it could go. This is it was really exciting, really exciting having Sean on the well, on the show. And we talk a little bit about it, but this idea, of course, we talk about a lot about agricultural urbanism today. But this idea also of um, which we should say, Sean's not a huge fan of that term, and maybe it's not a the best term to no. talk about. But he, he kind of keeps referring back to building community almost around food. Well, yeah, that it's a it's a touchstone, right? Eating yeah. with people, it's it's how you would build community in a lot of ways, right? So it's it's super fascinating in that regard. But also, you know, we've talked so many times over the years about like anchor coffee shops and stuff like that, make like kind of creating community. But this is further reaching. And I think for a place like BC or a place like Vancouver, this is going to be really exciting. Yeah, for and a lot almost of more literally, and it's not a play on words here, but more organic in kind of 
ground up community creation. So, uh, yeah, stay tuned for that. Before we get to that, uh, Adam, Jaden Lee was on the show about a month ago. He is right. running from BC Children's Hospital to Chilliwack on October 6th at 3 p.m. This is his last checkup to get his all clear after five years cancer-free. He's trying to raise $150,000 for BC Children's Hospital, where he spent a great deal of his time as a teenager. He is running 100 miles. If you want to learn more, of course, listen to the episode. But uh, you can always go to our Instagram. We have a post that's pinned with more information about how to donate, either run alongside him, uh, which he'd love, or um, and which you're doing, or uh, donate money. And you can also find out more information at his Instagram, underscore Jaden Lee. That's J-A-Y-D-E-N-L-E-E. Or in our weekly mailer, the live wire, we have a button to donate. Yeah, and I should have said this last week, but I forgot. We will send you out a shirt. If you do a donation of 20 or more, we will send you a shirt. So just send us a screenshot of your donation and your address and the size you want, keeping in mind they fit a little snug, or at least that's what Matt tells himself. <laughs> and we will get you out a shirt. And Absol- mail it out. Absolutely. And Some conditions apply. <laughs> and last, no, no conditions. I'd say even if you pay. I, if I you just, can... I'm thinking specifically of some of the European shirts we've. <laughs> oh, right. Out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, true story. We, we, we have, that, uh, we have that... sent uh, shirts to Germany. Uh, all over. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and last but not least, Adam, of course, VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. We have the our most downloaded document ever in the history of the show. It is called The Sold Plan. You go on VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com, you hit sell with us or help with selling. It's an immediate download. Uh, Tell the listeners or remind the listeners, I should say, what does SOLD stand for? SOLD is an acronym for start on launch date, which means you you pick when you want to launch the listing and it gives you instructions on how to get your listing ready for, for the market from that day forward, what you should be doing in the time leading up to the launch date. And it's a document that we basically, is a guideline that we've uh, created over, you know, almost 15 years of selling hundreds of homes in the lower mainland. This is, uh, this is getting your place ready to sell quickly for top dollar. It's simple steps. It's simple steps. It's not, it's not rocket science, but neither is real estate, right? So it's, uh, it, it just comes down to preparing not cutting corners and making sure that that you're ready to have the best outcome. And like I said, most downloaded realtors downloading it, people that want to work with us downloading it, people that are curious downloading it. There's no reason why you shouldn't have this document. It's at VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. But Adam, maybe we should cut to our talk with Sean Hodgins, president of Century Group. Absolutely. Enjoy. This podcast is sponsored by Marcon, a local family-owned and managed real estate development and construction company that's been around for nearly four decades. Marcon is not only committed to high-quality construction, but it also is making a positive impact in the communities in which it builds, all across the Lower Mainland. We want to highlight two incredible Marcon projects. Elmwood, a 38-story tower located at Burquitlam's most important intersection, Como Lake Avenue and Clark Road. This landmark tower will feature 335 condominiums, over 37,000 square feet of office and retail space, and almost 20,000 square feet of amenity space. Elmwood has been incredibly popular with 80% sold currently, but they still have a great selection of junior one-bedroom all the way to three-bedroom homes remaining. Check out markon.ca slash Elmwood for more. And Matt, we are also excited about Sone House, Markon's newest community in West Coquitlam, with 165 homes ranging from junior one-beds to three-beds. Sone House offers the perfect West Coast aesthetic 
with a more nuanced Nordic-inspired design. Register today at marcon.ca slash sonhaus. That's S-O-E-N-H-A-U-S. Or you can learn more at marcon.ca or follow them at Instagram at marconhomes. Marcon, building for life. Okay, so we're here with Sean Hodgins. He is the president of Century Group. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate your, uh, you taking the time today. Thanks for having me. Thanks for the interest. Yeah, well, thanks for coming down, Sean. Uh, maybe uh, for our listeners, I think everybody will have heard of Century Group, but can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. And Century Group is not to be confused with Century 21, as often uh, I seem to have. But uh, <laughs> No gold jackets. But uh, so um, Century Group was founded in 1957 by my father, who uh, was an Irish immigrant uh, from Metro Vancouver. And he uh, was involved in real estate in West Vancouver and uh, saw the opportunity when the the George Massey Tunnel was being constructed and got involved in real estate investment uh, in uh, south of the tunnel in, in Delta in that time period. And uh, that's a, that's a, that was the genesis of, uh, of our company. And uh, myself, I've lived most of my years out in uh, South Delta. I live in Tawasin now. And like many 20-somethings at the time, I... I Lived in Vancouver and uh, got together with my wife, and uh, but then we moved back out to to Austin, uh oh twenty years ago now, and uh, live there now. Oh, and was your father entrepreneurial by nature? Or like I, I'm, I'm guessing, a lot of people didn't quite. Maybe they saw the opportunity, but they didn't seize the opportunity. He he was entrepreneurial, and and to the extent we can uh, uh, sort lore from fact, uh, he, <laughs> he, he told us he sold aluminum pots door to door as one of his first jobs. So I, I would call that quite entrepreneurial, and uh, got involved in real estate, and uh, yeah, and and uh, got involved in many related businesses, but uh, mostly stayed true to core in uh, in uh, real estate. And does I'm just thinking. So he he immigrated to Metro Vancouver in the 50s, in 1949. Okay, because it's just yeah, I just think often like we've talked with. I mean, uh, the Bozes strike me as one of the groups, but people in here, a lot of the immigrants in the 50s seem to uh, get into home building and and are kind of the main players now. It seems like all immigrants. I mean, those yeah. guys were from Italy, but. Yes. All immigrants with that kind of immigrant hustle and and seeing the opportunity is just, I guess, another another case. Yeah, yeah. Because often when it's a family business, the kids either go one direction, which is the complete opposite, <laughs> or they follow suit. Why real estate for you? Um, I remember that my father had some really difficult times in real estate um, when I was growing up. So that would have been the 1970s. And uh Never seemed to be a really happy guy around business, and I never thought I would get involved in the business. And I started working in construction. I left and and went to school for a bit. I joined the Army Reserves for a couple years I while I was going to school, and uh, I never thought that I would get involved in the business per se. And then I heard that... Uh, the lead-in to getting involved in it was I had heard that we had installed a, a computer system, and everyone was really having problems with this computer system. And this was in the late 1980s, 
And uh, I said, and I was had dabbled a little bit in computers, and I thought, well, wh- what's happening here? So I went into the office, and I just started opening up these user manuals and started crawling in the crawl space of our office and trying to figure this thing out. The next thing I know, I became the computer administrator. <laughs> and, uh, and then just, it, it just went from there. It was, it's just funny. And now, now we have systems. I can't even tell you how they work. And that's how detached I've become from the computer systems in our but you lit just so I understand, you literally got back into the kind of the family business at Century Group because they were you're tra- you were like, I can help with like I know how to work. Yes. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. From IT to president of the company. Yes. <laughs> yes. It was a it's a very strange path. And I saw and I just became very interested in what we were doing. And um I remember at uh, one of the things that uh, got me very interested at about this time, which was the early uh, 1990s, and I had started to become a little bit involved in some of the project-related stuff, and we uh, went from, uh, and I won't give you all, all the, the background because it'll consume too much time, but we, came, we went from owning a very small percentage of this project in Calgary we we be, we went from owning three percent to thirty three percent. We owned a third, and just kind of kind of overnight, uh, my father had done some sort of um, a deal to to acquire a larger share of this enterprise. And so it's like, well, let's go out there and have a look at this thing. So we went out to Calgary, and uh, I really was struck by the complexity of it. It was a large project; it was over two thousand homes, and it had a golf course and. It touted its uh, Highway 1 interchange, which was very interesting. And what what struck me and, and really got me interested in this sort of concept of placemaking was that, and I won't name the project because I, it, it, I think it was a very nice project for, for Calgary and, and what it was about, but I, it struck me how this was a place that had sidewalks, but there was no place to walk to. Um, and it was full of two-car garages, and that dominated the architectural style. The one sort of central, if you will, amenity was a, a, a golf course clubhouse. And I remember visiting some of the latest homes, and you could look across the fairway and see this clubhouse. And this is where you know you could come for dinner as, as one of the aspects of um, community life there. But, I mean, it was probably less than 100 meters away across the fairway, but you couldn't walk to it. You basically had almost, you know, it was, you had to get into your car to get there. And I remember that really hit me as being, um, knowing what I knew a little bit of getting interested in in urban planning, that this was wrong. And, uh, you know, it was, it led to a very tough conversation with my father and, (laughs) and his then management team about we should be doing much different projects in this. And, uh, so, so that was sort of uh, a bit of my history of, of getting involved in the, in the, in the, in the company and, and really understanding kind of where I didn't want to go and, and that we needed to take it into a, a different direction. It almost sounds like Palm desert or something. <laughs> yeah. It, it wasn't a gated community right. to its credit. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it was, it, it was very auto, auto-oriented for sure is uh in terms of the 
because one thing about your story that's pretty interesting is it didn't look like a lot of fun. Started on the computer side. Then you see placemaking as like, okay, what is the this community? Is that what is it? How is it gonna be used and lived in, I guess, by the the residents? Is that kind of the the thing that really got you jazzed up about real estate? Because I'm just thinking like Absolutely. there's markets, business, yeah, or urban planning, master planned communities and how they work. That's that's what got you going. Yeah, the whole concept of how you live, really live. What is it to live and experience a community and get to know your neighbors and your neighbor's kids that, you know, that, that became a factor as I had my own kids, you know, is the sense of connection that you have with people, which I think more and more, I would say we're missing more and more these days, our, our sense of connection. And it's, it's, uh, it's really great to actually be in the studio here with you guys, just actually, you know, meet you in person. And, uh, but, but I, I think so often on our online world, you know, that's, a. The, we, we, we've, we, we continue to gravitate away from a sense of connection from each other. And I think that's uh, what a community is in designing, you know, community needs communal space. And I think that's what defines a community is, is, the, is the thoughtful introduction of proper communal space. That's what interests me as much as anything. And, and just because we're, we're going to talk about what you guys are doing out in, in Tawasin, but does Century Group, like, do you find that you're, you're more interested in master plans, kind of larger parcels where you can kind of get at that? Or are you looking for kind of areas where that already exists and you can kind of be involved in, in you know, just adding a piece? Absolutely. If we can find a fabric of a community and, and tie into that, that's even better. Uh, we're involved out in Surrey right now and, and uh, are, are working on a three-acre parcel right now called Century City, which is somewhat vaingloriously uh, branded, but uh, <laughs> uh, that is trying to contribute to the modern sense of the city center in, in Surrey, and it's transit-oriented, but uh, you can do master planning, if you will, and that's a three-acre site, and it's, it's, it's very much uh, thoughtfully, the four towers there will be very thoughtful, are very thoughtfully planned, how that will create a sense of community there, but also part of the larger community that Surrey is trying to create. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And geographically, does Century Group focus in, mostly in the Lower Mainland then? Yes, somewhat in Nanaimo. Uh, we'll, we're ramping up a project probably next year in Nanaimo. But almost, other than that, almost exclusively now in Metro Vancouver, yes. Can we maybe, shifting gears a little bit, how's the market and have you been surprised by 2023? Well, I, I haven't been surprised in the sense that these real estate, uh, sorry, the, 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 the real estate market has responded to the interest rate rise. I mean, it's gone up, uh, let's see, since March of 2022, uh, we've seen... Uh, the Bank of Canada rate go from 0.25 to now, uh, is it now 5%? You know, so it's gone up four and three quarter percent. And the impact on people's ability to, to borrow money in, in real estate, and really only about 40% of that impact has been felt in terms of mortgage renewals out there mm-hmm. in, in, the, in right. the market. And uh, 
So there's there's another very big penny to drop or a collection of pennies that will happen in the next several months as as more mortgages come due. But it has had so in that sense, I've not been surprised that uh, the market has definitely dampened. There's still a, a very robust undercurrent of real estate. I mean, I think, you know, you, I always reflect that people are always changing up their lives. They're changing jobs. They're, they're getting divorced. They're getting married. So there's always going to be a, a market for people wanting to, to move houses, to upsize, to downsize. But that whole, that the robustness of the market has definitely taken a, a, a big damper. But, uh, you know, we, we are in this lucky place in Metro Vancouver of being on the Pacific Rim in a, in really, I think, the best country in the world. And with our liberal democracy and our natural beauty and so many things we have going for us. So this is really an international city for, for real estate. So um, in that sense, that's, that's what's really supporting our market as much as anything. You know, one thing that struck me was you mentioned in the 70s, your old man seemed like he wasn't enjoying the business. And I guess some people would talk about the inflation of the 70s and the, you know, trying to get it under control. And it, I guess I'm just thinking, does this moment remind you of in the in the market? Does it remind you of another moment that you've kind of operated in? No, I, I'm much less concerned about, I mean, I, I'm, I'm 56, so I haven't, I, I've certainly seen the ups and downs of, the, of a couple cycles in my life, but uh, I am much less concerned about where the real estate market is going right now, I think, because it, Vancouver, Metro Vancouver is such a different city and, and uh, uh, with immigration and uh, the the strength of the diversified economy we have. So mm -hmm. I, I, I'm, I'm not worried about the real estate market in the long run at all. Mm. Just thinking about some of the areas that you're excited about in, in the province. So you mentioned the NIMO that you're, you're, you've, you're doing some stuff there. Where in the lower mainland? So outside of maybe Surrey, so you've got projects in Tawasin. Yes. Uh, where, where else geographically are you, are you excited about right now? Or do you see opportunities? Well, right now we're we are in the throes of uh, doing a, a plan for a, a significant project in uh, in Coquitlam and uh, in Maillardville, and I'm really excited about that. It's very early days, and we're just in the start of consulting with the the community there and about what is possible. And that uh, is one example that I'm familiar with. So it's Surrey, Coquitlam, Delta right now, and Nanaimo is where we're focused. And is is Nanaimo is that a it's a residential project? Yes, and we're trying to do a little bit of mixed use there, but we own quite a bit of land over there. But we've it, it's just such a uh, all consuming business that uh, you know we we uh, did some housing there in 2016 and kind of got through it fairly well and then kind of wiped our brow and then we were turning our attention back to delta and and uh we really have to we've really acknowledged that you know when we start up start to do you say a master plan or roll something you, know, you really have to have someone just constantly working on it and right so we're we're trying to ramp up there for the long term in nanaimo hey when you mention those the upcoming projects I mean, the question, I guess, is what is a, when you're acquiring the land, what does a deal look like? But 
I maybe putting it another way, what what about those areas were you excited about? Is it like it sounds like the kind of transit oriented nature of the Surrey project, the Century City, like uh, in Coquitlam, is there is there a, a kind of undercurrent in the types of uh, sites you guys are looking for? Well, you know, you touched on it in that, you know, to be able to tie into a, a pattern that's already there, if you will. And so, you know, with Maillardville, it's just, it, it seems it's a, a well-established community with uh, uh, that really is is looking for change. And I think that, you know, we are a change agent. And uh, I, I think that the, the excitement around uh, that in, in Maillardville, uh, for me, I, I well, it, it, it will stand, uh, it will have to withstand the test of how much change do the residents want. But Surrey was was really about uh, as much the political leadership at the time when we, we started um, acquiring oh, land there. Uh, and, you know, the, the, the real um, change of Surrey mm-hmm. uh, to, to really become, I mean, if you look at Surrey, Surrey City Center, it is the second sort of downtown core that's designated in Metro Vancouver's. I mean, there's lots of town centers, but in terms of, I know I'm trying to remember the exact designation, but it's downtown Vancouver and Surrey, Surrey City, City Center, Center yeah. are the two cores that uh, are being created. And, and so we've built, uh, this will be our third transit-oriented project in Surrey. We've done it the We've built at the Gateway SkyTrain, the uh, City Center SkyTrain, and now the King George SkyTrain. And, and a lot of people, it's, it's interesting right now thinking about Surrey because there's people that are saying, you know, 1,100 a square foot, you know, how did Surrey get here so quickly? And then there's a lot of people that seem to be saying Surrey's got a very long runway ahead of it. What are, what are your thoughts on Surrey? My, my thoughts on Surrey, quite frankly, are, are I'm concerned that a lot of uh, you've you've seen a lot of very good uh, development companies come in there, and I think you've also seen a lot of upstart companies that have also come in there because of the land. You know, there's there's they can buy in at a certain land price, and um, it's a tricky business. And I, I'm 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 a little concerned uh, that the the staying power of some of those companies that uh, I, I I wish them all well. But there, there's some, uh, there's some, you know, right now it's, uh, if you're holding land and you're paying, say, 7% interest rate or, or probably even higher trying to hold that property and you don't have the depth, you know, that, that's, that's a, a difficult proposition. So, but I, I would say in the long term, that aside, uh, it, yes, Surrey is, is going to be, it, well, it is by definition, it is going to be our second downtown. Right. And uh, I, I believe very strongly that uh, it will succeed. I think the, what they're, what Surrey is trying to do right now, which, you know, we've, we've had to, uh, we're in the process of redesigning Century City. We had one of the four buildings, we had one office tower, and we're changing that up to rental because we just, they're, they're in the time period we need to act, the, we don't see the office market changing significantly so that that's uh the that's the one area i would say that probably universally in in metro vancouver if if you're owning and trying to develop office it's really a dead end right now right we've we've been talking all morning about twasson because we're pretty excited about this project so can we 
talk a little bit about Southlands and maybe if you could provide us with uh, an overview of Southlands? Sure. So we had owned the the, the Southlands. It was uh, at one point uh, over 750 acres of land. And as a point of interest in 1995, when YVR, uh, the airport, the, the runway was twinned, the main runway was twinned. Uh, the province uh, acquired uh, 220 acres from us uh, and dedicated it to Metro Vancouver to create the substantial Boundary Bay Regional Park. It was sort of compensatory land for the, the runway. And that was a, a, a great thing for us to do at the time because at, the, at that point we had... Uh, we were holding this large parcel we had acquired out of bankruptcy. And then, so the the, the modern day Southlands that was approved uh, 10 years ago was really became about 530 some odd acres. And Southlands really, really boiled down to, I would say, in large part, an agricultural plan. Uh, the, 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 the issue of preserving Southlands as an agricultural parcel and nothing but agriculture became sort of a rallying cry for some of the uh, people in the community. And that was, it had the reason we had acquired it out of bankruptcy was because of the previous owner. They were trying to develop it from center to circumference, basically in homes and people didn't want that. And so, uh, you know, we really worked with the community on, okay, well, if if agriculture really is important, and I and I was trying to determine whether that was just the the you know the the, the anti growth. I was going to say the form that nimbyism yeah. took. In right. The you know, uh, so, but but I think some people were sincere. I think we've seen agricultural land loss, and I think people will get a sense of loss when really good agricultural land is consumed for sprawl. Right. I mean, certainly we we didn't want that. It was really against the the antithesis that I was had I had described to you, and mm-hmm. I was trying to find a solution. And I uh, and so we said, okay, well, if agriculture is important, then what is it that could be? What is its modern inter- iteration in this community? And so we really thought that through, and that forms a, a part of the plan in terms of and and in the end we dedicated out of that 530 some odd acres we dedicated 430 acres of the land went to delta most of it is agricultural land and uh together with nine million dollars because there were some improvements that we uh needed to fund so that was drainage and irrigation you know getting rid of water when you don't want it and keeping water there when you did, when you did, you know, that's a big part of agriculture. My mother's side of the family were all farmers in Delta. So I do, I had a little bit of insight. I don't want to overplay that, but I certainly understood sort of some of the the realities of what makes a farm work or not work. So there was that. So, so Southlands, and I don't know if I'm covering quite the stuff you, you want, but, but certainly trying to understand, you know, what, if agriculture is important, then what does that look like for this community? And, you know, agriculture uh, uh, throughout most of Canada is becoming bigger, more consolidated, larger farming operations. And we all appreciate it's also becoming smaller. It's going in two directions. Mm-hmm. The, the intimate level of local agriculture 
And so that's what we wanted to focus on. And so there's plenty of conventional agriculture. There's corn and potatoes being grown on about 250 acres of it. But we we kept, uh, we actually lease back 50 acres of the land we dedicated to Delta. And we curate the kind of farming that we want to see for our market square. And, and so that's a big part of the plan for, for Southlands. Hey, everyone. Pardon the interruption. We just want to take a quick minute to thank the following sponsors who make this show possible. We want to take a minute to tell you about Holy House, a nonprofit organization that provides community building programs and tenant support services to low-income seniors, veterans, families, and vulnerable residents in the downtown east side and across the lower mainland. Melissa from our team has been volunteering at Holy House. Melissa, what's been your experience? Honestly, it's been so fulfilling just to spend a few hours a week in the community and watch how the staff really transforms these vulnerable communities from the inside out, starting with just small things, right? Playing games, drinking coffee, having some simple conversations that you wouldn't necessarily think are super fulfilling. And you come out just feeling like you've really made an impact and connected with the community. And you've been to multiple buildings, but you're playing games, drinking coffee. Yeah, you know, serving food sometimes. And you made some friends along the and way. And I've made some friends along the way. It's really helped me be more present, actually, in those moments of just, you know, realizing how simple life can be to make an impact, right? Fantastic. And if you want to learn more, you can definitely check out Jenny Conkin, co-founder of Holy House, who is a past guest fan favorite on the show, or head over to holyhouse.ca where you can donate or volunteer, and they're looking for both donations, and they definitely like volunteers. That's holyhouse.ca. Vancouver needs your help. Be part of the solution. We are also sponsored by Oakland Realty. This is our real estate brokerage, best brokerage in the city, hands down. If you are in the industry, a new agent, an aspiring agent, somebody just looking to make a change, new culture, new energy, new resources, head over to oakland.com slash join, type in VRP 2020. That's oakland.com slash join, type in VRP 2020. Not only do you get to meet Michael Morgan and the gang, the big wigs over at Oakland, you get a huge incentive for first going to oakland.com slash join, typing in VRP 2020. So it actually, because, you know, one thing that we wanted to get to was this idea of agricultural urbanism, right? Which seems like it's an interesting talking about that project in the 90s in Calgary, which was almost like the just sprawl and, you know, sidewalks to nowhere type thing. Whereas this seems much, much more in line with the types of communities that people are excited about in Vancouver. But agricultural urbanism is something that was new to us, right? So is this, did you look elsewhere? Is this something, is this actually a, I guess, is this actually a thing or is it, is it, are you guys kind of breaking new ground here? it, It is a thing. And, you know, a lot of what I've, done and I'll just touch on it when you when uh, there's a, a couple of communities that I have uh, visited uh, that I think are uh, try to get at this so uh, Burlington Vermont has um, uh, an interesting project uh, it's a community project so it's not associated directly with a real estate project but it's called the intervale and it's a it's a community agricultural sort of like a I don't know if it's a collective is the right word, but it uh, is a a large agricultural and natural area piece on the outskirts of Burlington, uh, Vermont. And they have different 
farm operations and they it, it's it's peculiar or particular to how agriculture you know they don't have an ALR per se uh, but uh, they have conservation covenants on agri- on agricultural land and I think the important thing for me was you know going into the actual town of Burlington which is a, a university town mm-hmm. I think Bernie Sanders is there so it gives you an idea of kind of the the right, mindset kind of, a, yeah. of uh, yeah, the, uh, of of the the community, but the you know you, the restaurants say you know these tomatoes come from the intervale, and I think you know so so how how the identity of the intervale informed the culture of food in uh, Burlington, Vermont. That was something very cool for you know that I learned from that, and something that I, I would I would really like to take Southlands uh, eventually. Uh, I also saw there's a very interesting community called Serenby outside of Atlanta that is, uh, I've been there a few times. Uh, my brother-in-law lives in Atlanta, so it's a uh, it's another great excuse for my wife and I to go down there. But started by a restaurateur named Steve Nigren, and, and he um, created Serenby. And uh, at heart, it was really about trying to um, inform a community around food and agriculture. Now, they've kind of moved more towards the wellness theme than uh, in part because I, I saw the farm and the soil looks brutal. I mean, it really is. You know, we've got, we've got great <laughs> soil in comparison. At the and, pivot. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, but they still have a community farm. They have a weekly farm market. And, and, so, and, and they have restaurants that are, are really part of the community. And I, and I think those were some of the, the, the watermarks that I was inspired by. And, I, you know, I, I, I think so much of what we do in real estate and, and in architecture and planning is, you know, you look for precedents. You look for things that people have done well and you say and try to learn from them. And I, I would say those are a couple of projects that I, I learned from that, that inspired me. So I don't, I think hopefully that answers a little totally. bit of yeah, the question. 100%. But, but is it, and one thing I'm just thinking of here is that part of it is that you're trying to figure out how can we, you know, not, and maybe it isn't even possible to bulldoze what the community wants. You want to work within the community and there's this agricultural piece. But then there's, seems like there's a sustainability aspect to this. There's at least where, you know, I live by Trout Lake where the farmer's market, everybody goes to the, like right. farmer's market it's, is, it's, it's a great, great community. Yeah. So there's like that kind of component. And then even around what you're talking about in Vermont, like creating community almost around food and, and agricultural seems like it all seems to mesh together really, really well. Like it seems like a really, really smart and, idea. And when we and when we think about when we talk about it often on the show, it's it's developers are using the commercial retail the commercial space, um, the retail space, like restaurants that people will use or grocery stores or coffee shops that are trendy in the area. So this is kind of a it's it's a fairly novel approach and you, you probably have to need a master plan community to make it work. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's been really challenging to 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 get that the agriculture off the ground or out of the ground, if you will, it's it's uh, we're we're now working with uh, um, uh, snow farms or uh, an organic uh, farm group from uh, in, that are in Delta right now, and so they're doing our our farm piece for us. We're working with them 
And uh, we're growing some hops. They're growing some hops in anticipation that uh, our 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 brewery will will be using those. But so so but I, but I, I wanted to, yeah, because w- there's really three aspects to to sort of round out that concept. So so the the agricultural piece, the, the urbanism part, and I'm I'm not a huge fan of the agricultural urbanism, but it 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 works for now. Mm-hmm. It's the term I guess we can refer to, but the the idea that you know because Southlands is really three things. I talked about that it's it's at at heart. There's an agricultural plan. There's also a open space or 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 public space plan. Uh, the the most notable aspect being our market square, and then there's the uh, the built uh, the. Uh, the urban and and architectural component of that and how and all of those three things work together this is this is the 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 uh if i if i can call it the art of of southlands that we're trying to get at is trying to make those three things work together and 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 i think it is working it's been um it's been um uh, challenging to work through those details of, of how they work. But f- so for instance, the, the market square opens up into the agricultural, like it's uh, the, a traditional or conventional market square in an urban setting would be surrounded by, by homes or shops, uh, shop, shops, uh, ideally on the ground floor of, um, where some apartments are. And that's, that's your, more typical market square that you might see in a in a in a town. Uh, we open it up on one side out to the agricultural piece because we that that's the connection that we want to create, uh, and that that's that's uh, we didn't want to isolate the agricultural land. Agricultural land we wanted to bring it into the community, and um, you know one of the things we talked about during the planning is the farmers out there that are out in those fields they want a good cup of coffee as much as anyone so welcome them in make them part of yeah not such a separation of right space right right and and so so make that make that agricultural land and those people working out there make them part of the community as much as possible and of course the 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 market square exists because it eventually will be surrounded by by the shops and homes that really define it on on at least three of its sides. So that that's and that that's the part that's unfolding right now. Wow. And so what so if I'm an end user, somebody moving to the community, so some of the things that I can expect in in this community over other communities is um I'm guessing locally grown produce. Uh can you talk a little bit about like what for the end user or for the purchaser, what what do they get? Well, they they get a variety of really cool homes that were right. uh, and they're kind it, of Scandinavian style. Yes. They're yeah. they're really great looking. And Thank we, you. We were talking about we have a good friend of ours who who has a place in Point Roberts that kind of overlooks Twasson and and so we've got a, a very good panoramic kind of view of right <laughs> of the project and it's it's colorful, it's modern, it's 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 beautiful, beautiful design. Thank you. Yeah. So it's a generally you would refer to it as sort of neo-traditional, so a very modern take on traditional architecture. And very much we've tried to take some cues from Scandinavian architecture because that, when we uh, did our original 
design charrette. We we found those cues. Actually, a lot of them in Point Roberts. Uh, we we toured around Point Roberts, and and there's a lot of Scandinavian um, influence um, from some of the earlier settlers to Delta and and uh, oh, and cool. Point Roberts. So, and to to your question as it relates to um, so. Uh, there, there's various sort of layers that uh, people can experience. So we have every every other week we have a farmers market. We decided to better to do a really good farmers market every other week. That's sort of the level that we're at right now. And and a lot of the the, the homes themselves we've accommodated. Try to do sort of local sort of uh, shared garden uh, stuff right at, within the the projects themselves. The really unexpected thing for for us has been our community allotment gardens and and this is this is in the market square and and i don't even know what we we rent them out for really kind of a nominal uh, fee but that sense of togetherness that people get by coming i i walk i i live right adjacent and uh, i walk my dog over there at night and it's really cool to see people coming there they actually just wander over with their glass of wine and water there they're, they're <laughs> probably strictly speaking not allowed but I, I i would dare anyone to tell them that they can't have a yeah, glass no of wine at the <laughs> community allotment gardens and uh they're watering their uh and they got their dogs with them and and you know gossiping about stuff and talking about whose tomatoes are the best you know and, yeah. and so i i think the food part so much of what food is that we've, and not to not to sound too airy fairy about it, but I I think that you know, food is the the commonality between people, and and you know we we've made it really, you know, part of our corporate mission statement about you know place making around food, right? Like that that's that's it's such a cool way. It, it is the 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 best way that people come together. Whether it's growing food or sharing a meal together, that's really the, the, and that's the jazz for me. Yeah, to me, yeah. Well, to me, it feels very blue zone in that way of like, it, it takes all these things that we get excited about, like the, the city that you, you, is so accessible, but then it marries it almost with like more of like a Mediterranean style existence where you have fresh food and people are, are, it's, it seems like it kind of, it, it creates community in a different way. I think so. I, I think so. And and by the sounds of things so far, like it, it's, it's interesting or it's exciting to hear that people are using the space in kind of the intended way, right? Like it's like, if you build it, they will come. There is, they're using the space the way you imagined. They glass are, of wine, fact, it, talking it, about, yeah, my, yeah <laughs> talking about yeah. tomatoes with a glass it of wine. It might be as much about the wine as anything, but, <laughs> but yeah, and we, 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 we are actually have a backlog of people. We're trying to actually build more community allotment gardens. So I think that's sort of one of the ways. And, and, you know, I think, you know, the, you know, people are getting their groceries up at the grocery store. Of course they are. It's just, a, it's a, it's a, it's an aspect or a layer of community life. And, you know, we, it, it's not the only thing, but it's, it's a thing that, you know, we've been really trying to work on and, and make it work for people. And, you know, we've got, multi-use pathways we've got so many things going on for us uh that that people can really connect to when they live there but but that's a big part of it and uh you know 
the the retail piece uh, that that's sort of the next layer as we we uh, build some more of the, our uh, buildings around the market square we're trying to work on the the you know curate sort of food based retail mm-hmm. and uh, um, as as we always say, so we've got four wins we're as opening a brewery yeah. and restaurant and you know beer is a food uh, so <laughs> yeah. uh, we're very excited by that that'll be open in uh, in spring of 2024. How how did that? Because Four Winds, I think, is one of the best breweries in the in the region. What how how did that collab happen? That happened because our project manager Brad Semke was at their tasting room, uh, which is now in Tilbury, right where their brewery is, and uh, started talking to them and said, you know, this would you guys like to to build something out in uh, in Southlands and. And uh, we've been working with the Mills family, who owns uh, Four Winds Brewing, and uh, and so so we custom built some uh, a space for them. Uh, we're trying to turn that over for the to them uh, in this this fall, so that they can do their uh, their fit out for their their brewery and restaurant. But uh, it was really just you know, as so many things happen in life, it was just hey, this seems like a good idea. Yeah. Let, let's give it a try. It also and. Just as a, uh, well, not a final thought, just the last thing I, I was thinking about this is when you hear about, you know, master plan communities, it's often, you know, you don't have to leave like this is, it's got everything that you will need. This almost it seems that way, but it's also like the way you're talking about it, it sounds like a destination. Like I actually am like, this seems like a, a cool place <laughs> to go on as to go to the market and have a drink and, you know. Like it, it almost seems like more so than a lot of other master plan communities. Uh, yeah, a destination. I, I hope so. I think uh, we're 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 just about there where there's enough for people to do. I mean, right now we have a a, a little pop up business, uh, so we're right next to Boundary Bay Regional Park, and uh, great paddle boarding, great kayaking there. So uh, this uh, we've got a pop up paddle board and. A shop that's opened up um, for the summer. Um, we have people who on their bikes. They come, um, you know, over a hundred kilometers. They come on bi- these bike rides and bike out to Tawasin. And we have a car club that comes out there. And and certainly on our market days, it is a really it's quite a destination for us. And combined with the park too. I mean, it's it's the second most uh, visited regional park after Pacific Spirit is hmm. Boundary Bay Regional Park. And, and just, I'm, I'm just thinking about, cause you, it, it sounds, you were saying you want to kind of curate some of the retail experiences. Have you thought like restaurants, like I'm guessing it would be a lot of kind of like farm to table type restaurants that you'd be going after. Yeah. We're, we're talking to a couple groups right now just to, to uh, try to get something going on the restaurant front. And uh, we have Prado cafe there now um, as our only food offering until, um, Four Winds opens up in the spring. We're working hard on getting a good restaurant out there right now. And sales are ongoing currently? They are. Uh, we are selling. We've got a couple uh, cottages left. So we uh, um, essentially, you can think of them as single family homes, but they're a little smaller. So, you know, I've 
I, I like branding them as cottages because they have a cottage feel to them. And uh, we're selling, uh, I mean, I can talk pricing if you want, but uh, we're, we're selling at cottages. The granary is on, is uh, being sold And right those are now. townhomes? Those are flats, uh, one-bedroom flats that are about 650 square foot. And then stacked townhomes above that, which are about, I think those are about 1,100 square foot, two-bedroom two bath and uh that's part of that the granary where the four winds will be and uh, we have a number of other projects coming up under a lot of them are under construction right now and so i i I don't like pre-selling off paper i i really prefer to at least get the project going so we've got some row homes some some uh, um, fee simple row homes which will be quite interesting Hmm. and townhomes and more cottages and um we have a, 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 a type of project called uh, <clears throat> the Courtyard Cottage, uh, which, again, it's another idea that we borrowed, uh, which is uh, um, from uh, an architect named Ross Chapin, and he, uh, he calls it the Pocket Neighborhood. But we've built one thus far, but it's Bearland Strata with their, uh, a shared sort of green space courtyard. And, and as picking up on that, food and theme uh, that uh, those the one that we built has a shared pizza oven for instance so that's uh, with a long table oh, right on. and a little out, out, outside fireplace and so so that that's kind of some of the ways we're thinking about food is like how to how do people come together around food and cooking food you know that's a that's a really big that's a really big part of the human experience right and and um uh, the cottages are fully detached. Are they? They are. They are. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And then, kind of like roughly, maybe starting price points for some of the uh, one and three quarter million for the the cottages. There are okay. twenty two hundred square feet. Uh, the flats that we're selling. Oh boy, I should memorize this. I have notes somewhere, but I <laughs> uh, I think those are about six hundred and. 90,000 somewhere around there so they're a little over $1100 a square foot. Okay. And the uh stacked townhomes uh which are about 1100 square foot, I think those are about 900 to 950,000, so around $900 a square foot. Just just out of curiosity, who who's the has there been in like an overwhelming group of of a certain type of buyer like are you seeing downsizers are you seeing uh first-time home buyers or is it a range of people well i I would say you know our our uh the we've had sort of a mix of some of the locals that are downsizing and we've had uh you know keep in mind we've only got about 175 sales thus far it's still early days maybe 200 now and but about a hundred of those have been local, and about a hundred of those have been kind of metro, mostly you know Vancouver, Richmond, Burnaby, and uh, a lot of those have connections to the community, uh, parents living out there. So they've uh, there is a an interesting there's a uh, a profile about the project in the Vancouver Sun, and and they profile one of the buyers, and he was from Vancouver, a young couple in their thirties with a couple young kids, and so I happened to be walking down the street, and I recognized, and I said, oh, you know. Uh, I said, uh, you're, uh, you're one of our buyers and, you know, hello, I introduced myself and he goes, well, yeah. And, and I, because I, I moved from Vancouver, but I actually grew up out here and, uh, I'm, you know, 
wanted to be a little closer for, you know, the parents. And so that was a, so a lot of people have connections out to um, South Delta, but uh, we've had people come from um, Winnipeg. We've got some people, they, they bought sight unseen and uh, they've got um, one, one of the people has a job that they've landed out here. So they're, they're coming out to take over their home and some, some very interesting stories of people. So you, you won't be the only Jets fan, Matt. All right. Well, <laughs> um, well, uh, we do have this segment called the five wire, Sean. Can you stick around for that? Five quick questions. Absolutely. The five wire is brought to you by Scalina Real Estate. Hey, that sounds familiar. Scalina Real Estate is a full service real estate company serving Vancouver, offering comprehensive tried and tested buyer and seller systems. With over a decade in the top 10% of realtors in the lower mainland and a perfect five-star Google review, Scalina Real Estate can help with all your real estate needs. We also have an extensive network of the best industry professionals and trades right across the country. There's no reason to not get in touch. Head over to scalinarealestate.com to find out more. Okay. So question number one is one book that you'd, that you have read recently that you would recommend for our listeners. Oh boy. Well, I actually reread it and, uh, and that was say is two years ago. Okay, that that works. Uh, I reread <laughs> the Power Broker by Robert Caro. Okay, and that that's a big book. It is a big book, and um, it's a uh, it's the story of uh, a, a, a last name is uh, Moses, uh, and I'm trying to remember what Robert Moses, Robert yeah. Moses, yeah. and his. Uh, um, influence on the on the development of New York and its park system on Long Island um, and and eventually its transportation network and and a very interesting story of uh, hubris yeah. and urban planning right right almost I, in my understanding of it is in a lot of ways the antithesis of what you're trying to create in some ways well yeah and and Rob, uh, Robert Moses started off trying to do good and developing parks for right. you know, out in Long Island for the masses in New York City and uh, got a lot of power and it went to his head. And uh, that and uh, that's a that's a cautionary tale, I would say. Uh, so that's a, that's a, I, I strongly recommend that book if you have got the time yeah. to do some serious commitment to reading. I was thinking I was trying to find it in my Audible, but the uh, I think I have it the as other, an audio book, actually. The other one, the other New York uh, developer book, I was trying to remember. I'll bring it up for the outro, but uh, it's, oh, it's a good one. I, I'm so. a big read. I've got, I've got tons of books I could recommend. Most of them are historical, but uh, yeah. his, history books, but yeah. Anyway. Excellent. Fantastic. In the last few years, what new belief, behavior, or habit has most improved your life, Sean? Um, I would say a recommitment to fitness and running and that, that has probably been, um, and my wife and I are, we, we don't often run together or do fitness together, but we might go hiking. But I think we've, uh, my wife has always been super fit and I'm trying to catch up with her, but I would say that is the biggest thing for me. Does your army reserve days, uh. <laughs> uh, not, yeah, I don't want to overplay that. I wasn't, I, I wasn't a very good soldier. I can tell you that. Uh, I was not, but, uh, um, yeah, 
<laughs> the push-ups but, but, take but, you but, back. But, up. but fitness, <laughs> I'd say a recommitment to fitness in the past few years has been that, really important to that's me. That's a great one. Yeah. Um, what have you been binge watching lately or a movie recommendation? Binge watching uh, or a movie. Oh boy, that's a tough one. I can tell you the last thing I watched, which was on Netflix, was which was about the 2015 earthquake in Nepal. And it was a very, that was a very interesting, it was a three-part. Um, the Was it the one with the, where the Israeli travelers? Yes. Oh my yes. God, that was, yeah. Yeah, that was a very interesting, um, I like a, uh, nonfiction when I can. Right. And uh, I thought that uh, that was very interesting to Oof. me. I yeah. had no idea how the devastation that had happened uh, uh, in um, Kathmandu and, and uh, I mean, I think the, the devastation up on the, for the climbers was right. just a small piece right. of, of really what happened. Yeah. There. Just this whole, yeah. the, how everything <laughs> got destroyed. Um, favorite band or music? Uh, I'm not, I'm not much of a, uh, I just listen to whatever other people's podcasts are. Yeah. Um, oh boy. I didn't prepare for this. <laughs> I, 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 I didn't. Um, I'm going to take a pass on that. All right. <laughs> Taking a pass on music. Last but not least, something that you have purchased for under $1,500 recently that's had a positive impact on your life. Oh, boy. Something under $1,500 that has impacted my life. Yeah. We do uh, under $1,500, so Matt and I might be able to afford it. <laughs> You know, the only thing that really comes to mind is my iPhone. Is that a good one? I don't know about a positive impact, but an impact. (laughs) You know, I I would say that. I mean, there's there's very few things that, uh, in terms of a thing, a a tangible thing, I I I have my Danner boots that I bought 30 years ago, uh, a chainsaw (laughs) that I bought. 28 years ago. And, uh, those are the only two historical things I know that I've got, uh, that I still own. And, uh, um, and then I would say my iterations of iPhones, but yeah. with the, you know, that I, I, I can't think of anything. Well, iPhone technology is eclipsing chainsaw technology. So, <laughs> so that's, uh, no, that's, I mean, you know, it's funny. We, like obviously you use your phone for absolutely everything and we've never had that as an yeah. answer. AirPods come up AirPods quite a bit, but, uh, one, but uh, yeah, your phone is iPhone's almost so obvious, so ob- impactful and obvious that it's like something nobody thinks about. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I try to respect it as a, as a absolutely incredible piece of technology that the communication and information that you can get and the, the systems, I mean, it's revolutionized you know, the, I mean, everything is on the cloud now. Our project management Mm -hmm. is on the cloud. I can look at the status of our projects. Just, I pick up the phone and I can get information. I think it's that, that insight into the the software development that's happened on for us. It's that just the, the information that um, I have access to that I never had before. And, and um, yeah, so I, I wish it was more, I had a more 
interesting or creative one, but uh, <laughs> that well, that comes full circle as the IT guy at Century Group. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Again, that come was a long, long way. Time ago. <laughs> the IT guy. <laughs> so, Sean, how can uh, how can people find out more about what you're doing over at Century Group and I, and more about Brainery and and Southlands? I think it's it's a definitely in all the years we've been doing this, this is a very unique project. So I think people will want to know where sure. they can find out more. Um, well, they can uh, go on our website, centurygroup.ca, and they can also go on discoversouthlands.ca. Uh, and those are the, our two websites. You can come out if you, I'd encourage people to come out to Southlands and, you know, just take a, take a couple hours and, uh, and wander out there and come into our discovery center and, and meet our sales staff and, uh, you know, but come for a, for a farmer's market. Uh, I believe if you, there's a link to the Grange Center of Farming and Food. So that's the institution that we created to uh, actually activate the farm component. And so they have the the farmer's market schedule there. And I, I should, again, know it offhand, but um, it's uh, every every other Saturday. Is Four Winds open yet? No. No, no. Four Winds will be open I believe we're targeting June 1st, June 1st. of 2024 is when uh, Four Winds will be open. And uh, Worth I, the trip. Yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, th- yeah, thanks so much for coming down to the studio, Sean. It was great meeting you and having you uh, on the show today. Thank you so much for having me and thanks for your interest. So there you have it, folks, our discussion with Sean Hodgins, president of Century Group. Really enjoyed that conversation. Really enjoyed having Sean in the studio. Interesting guy, like across the board and uh, really thoughtful, bit of a refreshing take on real estate in general. And definitely a guy that it's almost like his... His moral urban compass is leading his real estate journey. You know what? It's I, I I said this, and this is not in contrast to anyone else we've ever had on the show, but I think it goes back to what you were saying in the in the introduction. Like we've had people that came to be a developer through the trades. We've had people that uh, were accountants, right? We've had people from all walks of life. It's like there's so many uh, avenues into real estate investing, real estate development, and and all the rest. But Sean and Lenny Moy strike me as Lenny Moy from Aragon, who was on the show sure. not long ago. Both of them have such a, a, such a unique kind of take on why they're doing it, whether they explicitly state it or not. It just comes through in where the conversation goes and because of what they're interested in. And, and, and Sean is a perfect example of that. Like that Southlands project sounds so forward thinking in a way that is, is very unique and, and is not necessarily doesn't have the same metrics in place as to why they're doing it. And, and he's clearly so invested in it in a way like, you know, he's down there talking to people, walking his dog in the area and getting feedback. I would even take that a step further and say that what's been astounding for me over the years is I think there's like a perception of the development community or the building community sometimes of people that are um, not so invested in their work, but, but looking, you know, this is maximized profit, maximizing profit or whatever. The one thing, you know, after almost a decade of doing this show is that some of the most thoughtful people I think I've ever met are often in the development community and they're driven by something that is a way bigger. And, and of course, right. Cause I well, mean, they, if you're who, yeah. like, imagine you were only driven by making money in, in any job, right. I mean, that, that might keep you going for a year or two, 
But but if you're not passionate about something a, a broader, you know, leaving your mark on a skyline or 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 building a, a spectacular quality or design or something, right? Or building community. Need some, why, yeah. why else would you do it? Exactly. Right? So no, it's, there's it's, too much risk. Maybe it's too not much a surprise. Work. Yeah. Well, yeah. That and is this was a great conversation that I think illustrated that for sure. But uh, so hopefully everybody enjoyed. But Adam, uh, before we go, we should say. Uh, last but not least, VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. This is our website where all real estate related things live. We have things like the Livewire. This is our weekly mailer where you get deal of the month stats, access to the back catalog. We have the sold plan start on launch date. This is for getting your place ready for selling. You hit sell with us or help with selling. It's an immediate download. And of course, we have tried and true private client services. Yeah, Matt, because if you are not using PCS, you are standing still while the rest of us power walk by. It gets sold prices, days on market, basically realtor-level information for free. It's available at your fingertips over at VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. This is a thing that you want set up. It's basically listings management listings management software, I should say, where you're basically monitoring what's coming on the market and it's giving you really, really exceptional real to, real estate level data. And they keep on, and it, they, they keep this, on improving it. Exactly, so it, yeah. it keeps getting better. But the nice thing for me, the two things that I like is you get notifications when there's a new listing based on your parameters and your parameters can actually be very specific, which is really nice. And then when something shows up as sold, it shows you in real time what it's sold for. So I love that because, you know, you don't have to feel like as often people don't like reaching out, asking for sold prices and it's all there and it gives you a better sense of what's happening in the market. Is stuff selling over asking? Is stuff selling under asking? What's the spread and how quickly are things moving, right? So Absolutely. if you're like a data driven person, you'll you'll love PCS. Absolutely. If you want to talk about that or anything else, give me a shout at any time, 778-847-2854 or Matt at VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. Or you can try me at 778-866-4574 or Adam at VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. And of course, we have that Kokomo line, info at VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. Well, have a great week. Hope you really enjoyed that conversation with Sean Hodgins. And we're back next week with another great episode. Have a good week. Two thousand spaces for radio. Subscribe today.